peace of our Lord be with you. Then Jesus began to teach them that he must undergo great suffering and rejection. And Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Every three years, the lectionary places in the path of the church those words from today's gospel lesson. And every time they roll back around, they remind us all over again of just how hard it can be to let Jesus be Jesus. In fact, the way of the cross, which Jesus foresaw for himself and his followers in today's gospel lesson, was so troubling and unsettling that it caused Peter to rebuke Jesus and Christianity to remake Jesus. It isn't easy to identify exactly when Christianity's extreme makeover of Jesus began but it is pretty clear that by the end of the fourth century, the vulnerable, suffering Jesus of the Gospels had been remade into the powerful, successful Christ of Christianity. I'm sure we had the best of intentions. We wanted to be big and successful, powerful and influential for Jesus. But it is difficult to be big and successful, powerful and influential for Jesus, with Jesus. Because what we discovered early on is that there weren't that many people who were lining up to join up with a Jesus who called his followers to let go of their possessions, relinquish their power, 
make themselves vulnerable, put themselves at risk, and embrace in real friendship whoever was most marginalized, voiceless, oppressed, and alone. That sounded as unreasonable and unworkable to us as it did to Peter. So, as soon as Peter finished rebuking Jesus, we went to work remaking Jesus. We took the highly unreasonable Jesus of the four Gospels and remade Him into the more manageable Christ of Christianity, which has left us with a powerful, useful, helpful, successful, very influential world religion which has done so much good for so many people in every corner of the world for which we can only say Thanks be to God. But a world religion which also sometimes doesn't bear much resemblance to the original, real Jesus. The Jesus of the four Gospels. All of this came home to me in a powerful way a couple of years ago. It was right after one of those studies by Gallup or Barna or some similar polling organization came out with a list of the most Christian cities in America with places such as Jackson, Birmingham, Chattanooga, and Shreveport, all at or near the top. I could take you to the spot where somebody stopped me after church to tell me the good news that Jackson had made the list the most Christian cities in America. Mississippi was right up there with Alabama and Arkansas, Louisiana, Oklahoma. And I could take you to the spot out there on the church porch where I heard that news because it froze me in what I can only describe as a Holy Spirit moment. Because in that moment, 
I recalled the several times, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, or ten, across the years, when I have heard people who live in the most Christian parts of America, who had an adult son or daughter whose life left them outside the comfortable majority, say that they had encouraged their son or daughter to move out of the Bible Belt to New York or Los Angeles or someplace where they might be less likely to face the kind of unkindness which they might be more likely to encounter if they stayed in the most Christian parts of the country. A powerful commentary on how far popular Christianity can sometimes wander from the Jesus of the Gospels. You know that Christianity has strayed far from the Jesus of the Gospels when the parts of the country which are known for having the most Christians are known for being the least Christian when it comes to the very things that Jesus himself said matter most. Loving all others as we love ourselves and treating all others as we want all others to treat us. My sisters and brothers, the truth is, early on, Christianity found it as difficult to let Jesus be Jesus as Peter did. No sooner did Peter finish rebuking Jesus than we started remaking Jesus. Which, in a way, is understandable. This week, I carved out the time to read all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, one more time. And if you've ever done that, then you can see why Peter rebuked Jesus and we remade Jesus. After all, deny yourself. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Do not resist an evildoer. Anyone who wants to follow me must give up all of their possessions. Those who try to save their life will lose their life. That is not the sort of thing that draws crowds fills buildings, or meets budgets. One of the biggest obstacles to the successful church 
can be the real Jesus. But every now and then, at least once in every generation, in the interest of being as truthful as we are capable of being, and as a guard against self-deception, it is good and right for the Christian religion to acknowledge the fact that across the Christian centuries we have remade the real Jesus into the Christ of Christianity. And to say out loud that we have done so much good in the world and we will continue to. But the path we have taken to success and influence is a different way than the path to which the original Jesus called us. When Jesus asked us to take up the cross and follow him. And you know, nobody benefits from that more than people like myself, right? We took Love your neighbor as yourself and treat all others the way you want to be treated, which Jesus in two different places in the gospel said are the most important things of all and everything else can be compressed into those things. We took that and we made a big old industry out of it, right? A massive institution. And, and nobody benefits more from that than folks like myself, right? <laughs> Which is one reason why, instead of the church being the first place on earth, we are likely to talk about this sort of thing. The church is the last place on earth. We are likely to talk about this sort of thing. But at least once in a generation, we ought to come up for air, read the four Gospels, and say out loud that if Jesus came to Jackson today, in all likelihood, Jesus would say again what Jesus said then. Folks, I appreciate all the books and blogs and videos and denominations and conventions and studies, but honestly, 
what I tried to say then and what you need to hear now is that I called you to take up the cross not because I wanted you to die that way, but because I wanted you to live that way. All stretched up to God and out to others. That's all. Amen.